Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Could we have a more loaded Monday? We have more stupidity by AOC. We have the Roger Stone pardon. This is just the intro. We got the media losing their minds over mask mandates. I have some personal experience on that. We got the panic, panic merchants back telling you Florida's exploded overnight. Uh, what else? Thomas Sowell? What else? The McCloskeys. McCloskeys, you know the McCloskeys in St. Louis dared to defend their house. Now they're the subject of an investigation. We got the, we got the media face planting on a Trump symbol. And the Goya CEO, a lot to address today. Don't go anywhere. Loaded show. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Secure your online data today from prying eyes online. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. Go today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you? Fine, sir. Well, just another loaded Monday. Just loaded full of yeah, stuff. No, no. This yep. one's... No, but Joe, we're usually on Mondays. Yeah. Usually load today is extraordinary. Extra- yeah. uh, by the way, a big thank you. PodTrack which is one of the world's great podcast trackers, mm-hmm. PodTrack. You guys and ladies made us a top 20 show on PodTrack. Thank you so much. Yeah. Top 20 in the United States. Thanks to you. You all Thank are you. the best. We love you to death here. Yeah, so I'm is. not kidding. You guys and ladies are. There we go. Thank you, Paula, for putting that up. Got that email this morning. 17 in the whole country. <laughs> Thank you. All right, let's get to it. All right. Loaded. <laughs> I sent Joe and Drew that this morning, Paul. Today's show brought to you by friends at Helix Sleep. They make personalized mattresses right here in America, shipped straight to your door with free no contact delivery, free returns, and a hundred night sleep trial. To choose a mattress, Helix made a quiz. Takes two minutes to complete, matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you, not for someone else. Perfect. If you like a mattress that's soft or firm. You sleep on your side like me or your back or your stomach or you sleep really hot. With Helix, there's a specific mattress for each and everybody's unique taste. I took the quiz. We were matched to a midnight Lux Helix Helix mattress because I like to sleep on my side. I've tried other brands. They are not as good. My wife had to roll me over on my side yesterday because I accidentally started sleeping on my back and I was snoring. Big mistake. Woke up my daughter too. My eight-year-old who wanted to sleep in our room last night. I love Helix, but you don't need to take my word for it. We have two of them in this house. They're that great. It was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ, Wired Magazine, and Apartment Therapy. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They'll match you to a customized mattress for you. Give you the best sleep of your life. Ladies and gentlemen, it's like sleeping on a cloud. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners. Go to helix, H-E-L-I-X, helixsleep.com slash Dan, helixsleep.com slash Dan. Get $200 off your mattress order. Go today. You're going to love it. All right, Joe, let's go. So, ladies and gentlemen, in case you were under the illusion, some of the liberals listening, not my regular listeners, who I'm ferociously loyal to, and I think that goes both ways, that I was just, uh, you know, I was just some podcast host. He isn't actually about, I have been an activist for a very long time. I've run for office. I've been to so many Tea Party, Second Amendment, free speech rallies that, candidly, I lose track. Sometimes people send me photos. They say, Dan, right, Paula? Remember me from this? I love you to death, but honestly, I've done so, I don't remember. 
I, I'm appreciate, but I honestly don't remember because they all blend in. So as you heard me speak about over the last week, I live in Martin County, Florida, where five county commissioners uh, who claim to be Republicans voted to put uh, mask, put face diapers on everyone um, and mandated it as if we aren't all grown adults and can't figure out when to wear a mask or when not to. Um, there's very little science behind this anyway, universal masking, that is. Um, there's some pretty decent science behind if you're infected and wearing a mask, but science has gone out the window. Public hysteria has now taken over because the media refuses to tell you the truth. So they had a rally this week uh, freedom rally for the I will not comply crowd. And keep in mind, as I said to people, and I'll say again, because my position keeps getting mischaracterized on this, which um, is pretty common for liberals who lie all the time and media people who lie as well. Um, I'm not anti-mask. I never have been. I'm not anti-mask mandates by businesses. It's your business. You want people to wear a mask? Go right ahead. Matter of fact, Paul and I had a little thing this weekend, a local place we eat. I'm not going to say where. Guy decided to be a wise guy with Paula. We said, thanks. See you later. We won't be back. Have a nice day. My choice. Nothing wrong. I'm not going to out them. I'm recommending some boycott or anything like that. Um, I'm not anti-mask. I'm anti-stupidity. And government universal masking mandates are pure, unadulterated stupidity. So here's a photo of me at the uh, couple photos. Actually, if you want to see youtube.com slash Bongino, here's a rally this weekend. If you'll notice in my back pocket in the top picture there is a mask. And people are like, oh my gosh, he has a mask at an anti-mask rally. Okay, you're wrong on two fronts. It's not an anti-mask rally. It never was, number one. And number two, I told you I'm not anti-mask. I have one I keep with me at all times. What? I don't understand. Like what part, what part of that? They were like, Joe, they were like, we got him. He's got a mask in his back pocket. What part, <laughs> do you listen to my show? Or are you just stupid all the him. time? Yeah. Um, yeah like, we got, look, he's got a mask in his back pocket. Yes. No kidding. Yeah. I hear you. I went, I had to go to, we went to the local bagel store to get bagels. You have to wear a mask. It's on the door. Put the mask on. Get sure. I didn't go into the bagel store and start tearing the place up, ripping <laughs> the bagels out, throwing the bagels. I'm not a BLM activist, kicking in the front door, hitting people with fire extinguishers over them. That's the other side. That's not us. I'm not anti-mask. I'm anti-government tyranny and anti-stupidity. There's no science behind universal masking. None. Zero. So, of course, the local newspaper, which, you know, big mistake. It's really asymmetric kind of fighting to pick a fight with a huge mistake. One of the <laughs> local uh, teeny boppers, guy's probably about 14. I'm not really sure. But he decided to be a good idea on, this is not a joke. I did not make this tweet. This is, I'm going to put up a screenshot of his tweet. So you see me at this rally. And I put those pictures up, by the way, on my Twitter. I was happy to be there with fellow patriots who believe in fighting a what's it? Antifa says it's anti-fascist, which is hysterical because they're really fascist themselves. Yeah. They're really anti-free speech, but we are anti-stupidity. So are we Antusa? Like, how would that go? We should call ourselves Antusa. Like, we're anti-stupidity. And government edicts on mass are really stupid. So we showed up, um, Antusa, whatever you like to call us, and I put the photos out on Twitter and Instagram and elsewhere. And this local reporter from the TC Palm not a joke. He decides it'd be a good idea to try to rat us out to the local sheriff. Not even kidding. Look at this, uh, this, this, this uh, dope here. This is the real Jay Solo. That's his Twitter. In case you confuse him with any less famous Jay Solos, that's his real Twitter at the real Jay Solo. Because you know what? It's the real one, Joe. Josh Solomon, because he, oh, yeah. he doesn't want you to confuse him with less famous Johns. You know, he's oh, the famous one. Yeah. He's the real one. 
I mean, my, my hit Twitter <laughs> handle is D Bongino. It's my parlor handle too. It's not the real D Bongino, okay? I, but this is the real J Solo, kind of like Han Solo or whatever. Yes. So Josh Solomon, otherwise known as J Solo, kind of like J, the real one, not the faker, less famous John, Josh Solomon's. He's like, what is the Martin County Sheriff? And he tags them. And the city of Stewart responds to its residents, breaking the law and publicizing it. <laughs> Talk about carrot alert. <laughs> Maximum breaking the law. Yeah, breaking breaking the, the See, law. I never get Joe's yeah. cultural references. I know that one. Break. Well, I remember, yeah. I, honestly, I remember that. It's just sad. I actually remember that song from Beavis and Butthead, not the actual yeah. song. If you watch Beavis and Butthead on MTV growing up, they used to say that all the time. But the real Jay Solo, not the fake Jay Solo. <laughs> he Again, don't confuse him with lesser famous Jay Solos other than him. He thought he was going to be a real Joe. He's a reporter. Journalist, All what right. are you doing? Are you locking these people up? Hmm. Good move, Jay Solo. Journalism, Joe. Journalist. Better every day. He's journalism. <laughs> every day. He's just doing his journalism. Yeah. yeah. Look at these people without a bed. Get out there and lock them up, dude. That's his idea about reporting. <laughs> The real Jay, not the fake Jay Solo. Again, don't confuse him with faker, less famous Jay Solos. He, he's very upset about that. Kid's about 14. He's probably reading Teeny Bopper magazine on the side while he pretends to be a journalist. <laughs> Picking the wrong fight, guy. It's pretty much asymmetric at this point. But you do whatever you want. I, I mean, I have no idea who this guy is. You tweet away. It's a public account. You want to be a public figure. You want to be a media person and, and rat people out to the sheriff because you think you're being a journalist. All right, well, we'll show other people what you do. The real Jay Solo. Now, another issue on this. So these five county commissioners who you know claim to be Republicans who voted in their little dopey, tyrannical, nonsensical, stupid guidelines that we can all as adults figure out and work out on our own. They've got me in a real spot. And it's, it, it speaks to a larger issue, folks, nationwide. And that's the only reason I'm bringing this up. I'm bringing this up not because it's happening in my county, because it's happening everywhere, not just mask mandates, not just horrible media people who think it's their job to rat people out to the sheriff. Look, sheriff, go lock them up. I already said I'd take the fine. Joe, give me the right to fine. You know where I live? Oh, they know where you live. I'm right to fine. I already said I'd pay it. Did I not say that on the show? Yeah. Real Jay Solo? Not fake Jay, not lesser famous Jay Solo. Real Jay, but they know where I live. Just leave the fine at the front door. Happy to pay. No problem at all. But there's a real conundrum here. One of these commissioners, who I've met before, he's got an opponent in the primary. The opponent, um, who I've communicated with, is not a conservative at all. And it reminds me of the problem nationally. And I, I, I'm going to call this the Martin County Commissioner Conundrum. It's when you get these people who claim to be Republicans and conservatives and back liberty and freedom and our values, Joe, and they get into office and they become rhinos and do rhino things and stupid things and tyrannical things like universal masking, like we're all children. They create a real problem for us. I'm being serious here. And the problem is this. What do you do? You can't sit it out. There's no quitting. There's no, well, I'm not going to vote for anyone. I'm just going to stay home. No, no, that's not an answer. That's honestly, folks, that's just, that's juvenile. I'm sorry. We can't sit it out. The decisions they make affect our lives and our kids' lives. This is our country. It's not theirs. But the conundrum they put us in is this, this man has an opponent who's not a conservative at all. 
not even a little bit, and is running as a Republican and really, in my opinion, isn't a Republican at all. Sounds like a Democrat, if you know what I mean, Joe, running as a Republican. Oh, yeah. Because she knows it's a Republican county. Right. I communicated with, I'm not going to disclose, I don't want to say what were in her emails or not or why, it would be unfair, and I didn't tell her that in advance, but she's not a conservative. So now we're in this position we're in nationally, where Republicans get elected, they take our money, they take our time, they take our vote, and they pledge to us to do Republican things, and then they don't. They do big government nanny state things, and they put us in this spot where we're constantly forced to vote for the lesser of two evils. I call it the Martin County Commissioner conundrum because I don't have an easy answer for you. I have an answer, but it's not an easy one. The answer is you still have to vote for the lesser of two evils sometimes. Why? Because it's the lesser of two evils. Someone says to you, hey, uh, I'm going to either cut you in half with this chainsaw or I'm going to give you a paper cut. They're both pretty evil, right, Joe? But I think I'll pick the paper cut instead. Uh, you, you don't have a choice. Most people would be. Yeah. You don't have a choice. You don't like destroy your job, your county, your businesses, and your neighbors because you're trying to make a point by sitting in an election out. Sometimes you have to accept the lesser of two evils. The only solution here, and it's not an easy answer, is short-term and long-term, we just have to find and vet better candidates. I, I know we've tried that before. I know we've tried, but we can't stop trying. That applies locally here. I'm doing that now at a meeting this weekend. And it applies nationally as well. We just have to find better people. I know it's not an easy answer. That's why I call it the conundrum. Conundrums aren't about easy answers. They're dilemmas we have a hard time working our way through because everything is tough. There's no, every fork you take in the road leads to another fork in the road. But we have to start today. All right. Sorry, but I can't get over the real Jay. The real Jay. Don't confuse him with the lesser Jay. So I can't, get, I know, I can't get over that. I, I changed my Twitter. The real Depot. <laughs> <The> real. <laughs> really? <laughs> Maybe he's afraid they'll confuse him with Harrison Ford or something like that. Han Solo. I have Napoleon no Solo. Yeah. Rather be out to the sheriff. How funny is that? Sheriff, what are you going to do? You better go lock that budget. Why are you looking at me over there? I'm getting a look. Why? What? No, come on. Everybody thinks Paula should have a microphone. What is it? Come on. I'll relay what you're saying. What? Is, what? Yeah, she's got, I know I can tell she's got some commentary. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. See, Paula commentary. We do have to get her a microphone. It's not like we're cheap. She just doesn't like to be on camera, but she should. She says, oh, yeah, now the media loves cops, right? Yeah. Go arrest Dan Bongino for not wearing a mask. <laughs> That's a great point. Well done, Miss Paula. She does. She always has a good point. We do. We got to get her a microphone. Let's commit to that today. We're getting Paula a microphone. Now they love cops. Go issue him his $50 citation. Please go ahead right away. I don't care. We'll be a-okay. All right, moving on. So the panic merchants are back. Joe, they're back with coronavirus. God forbid they give you the facts, Joe. <laughs> the facts like we do on the show. You know, you facts and things so you can make rational, reasonable decisions. They don't want any of that. The media is now, now that they're, they don't see any political advantage with furthering the police suck narrative they stuck with for a while. You know, police are... Based on, by the way, a universally agreed upon grotesque use of force incident. There was no disagreement anywhere, anywhere amongst any credible circles about the incident with Floyd. None with Mr. Floyd. None. There was no disagreement there. Everybody was like, uh, we got to fix that. Yeah. 
But of course, that turned and morphed into what, Joe? A universal media police suck rally, which is what they do because they can use that, they think, to their political event. They're not their media, Dan. They're not political. <laughs> That's good. That's a good one. That's really funny. So now they've given up on that because the political advantage from painting the police who conservatives generally support as bad guys, it's kind of waned, Joe. It's gone down a little bit. The emotions are, mm-hmm. so the media has to do something else. They're like, what do we do next? You know, maybe they got a focus group together or whatever. And the focus group was like media people, you have to start painting coronavirus hysteria again, painting the full portrait of coronavirus hysteria because that makes Trump look bad too. Just like us painting the cops as awful who conservatives like and Trump is a, a conservative or is governed as such. That now we got to move on to another now. So they're back. They're back to, you would think Florida, Joe, is being surgically removed from the United States because it's such a disaster right now and mm-hmm. it's floating out into the sea. I live in Florida. The situation is rough. But here's what's really going on in Florida. Again, I will go back to the social media feed of the great Alex Berenson, who actually does facts, who, again, will challenge a Republican or a Democrat narrative on coronavirus, and that's good. Facts matter. So what's really going on in Florida? Because you've been you've been told the whole state is burning, right? It's, it's yeah, burning so, to the ground, yeah. folks. Yeah. Well, here's Berenson, who actually cites Florida's own data. God forbid we use our real data. He says, and after a week of nightmare headlines about Florida and about 70,000 new cases, a.k.a. positive tests, hospitals have a grand total of... 130 more patients in ICU beds statewide than last Sunday. Can't make it up, folks. Now, he does cite that there were 45 deaths, and these deaths are tragic. We shouldn't have to put that caveat in there because it seems like common sense. But liberals on the other side who are not interested in common sense or facts or reality, I was having this conversation with Paula last night. It's morphed into a conversation by the liberals. Well, whenever you bring up the facts, what do you want people to die? What do you want people to die? Please Please stop talking. You're a moron. No, nobody wants people to die. You're just an imbecile and you have no real argument to make. You're suggesting what? That we should shut down the state again, bankrupt our hospitals, destroy our food supply and destroy the businesses of of hundreds of thousands of middle class Floridians over a virus that, yes, seems to be the positive tests have gone up, but that the fatality rate right now and the number of fatalities we have, albeit all tragic, you want to bankrupt the whole state because of it? Just to be clear. What do you want people to die? What do you want people to think you're a moron? Because by saying that, you look like one. Every single proposed solution to the coronavirus problem has a trade-off you want to lock the state down again bankrupt the entire state have you considered how many people do you want people to die have you considered how many people would die from that so again the facts ladies and gentlemen because we have friends of ours too calling us down here oh my gosh florida's burning to the ground it's not it has a problem it is dealing with like every other state Now, you probably heard number two as well. The, you know, the panic merchants in the media. We can't open schools. 
We can't open schools. Yeah. Got to keep the schools closed. You do? Yeah. yeah. So now you want to bankrupt the food supply, shut down the hospitals, and bankrupt the entire United States economy over what is a troubling, but at this point, manageable threat. The ICUs in Florida are not overwhelmed. That's not happening. You're making that up. But now you don't want to open up schools either. So you want to cost kids, what, two years of education, untold amounts of productivity later in their lives because they'll have missed out on education. You want to knock all that out because of what? Some unmanageable threat? Well, what's the real threat to children in schools? Matter of fact, Joe, I think it'd be a fair question to say, what's the real threat to children by this virus at all? There's got to be data, right? Hmm. Now, I'm sure you've heard the data I'm about to present. You have, right? Of course you have. Because the data paints a very different picture about the coronavirus threat to children than the panic merchants and hysteria merchants in the media want you to believe because they want the school shut down. Why? Because they don't give a damn about you, your kid, or anything. You're interested in political narratives that hurt the president. And because the president came out and said we should open up schools, the media narrative is, no, we shouldn't. I saw an interesting meme this week, and it said, if President uh, Trump recommended that you don't uh, do your business in your drawers, it's kind of funny that uh, media people would walk around on weekend crapping in their drawers all day, which is absolutely true because they really are that stupid. Hmm. That was a great response. <laughs> well, <laughs> you don't want to. Yeah. It's true, is it not? Yeah. When Trump came out tomorrow and said oxygen is bad, the media would walk around with uh, plastic bags on their heads yeah. all day. So- there was a study. You may say to yourself, Joe, there, is there actual data about the threat to children? Shockingly, folks, there is, but you probably haven't heard about it. Here's a study they did in Iceland. This is a fascinating study because the study is very, to use the buzzword of the day, robust. Spread of SARS-CoV-2 in the Icelandic population. It's a pretty exhaustive study where they did some tracing on people. And the tracing was done in a very scientific, very strict manner to determine who gave the virus to who. Now, you'd say if the media is arguing like they always do, Trump said, open up the schools. We got to shut those schools down because Trump said otherwise. We don't care what happens. You may say this Icelandic study surely backs the media up that this is a huge threat to children, right? Well, hat tip to this, uh, this individual. Forgive me if I'm saying his name wrong. But he covered this study and said, let's talk about the real Icelandic study and the threat to children. His name is uh, Nuhan Nahas. If I'm saying your name wrong, forgive me. It's not intentional. I'm terrible with names. But here's his first tweet covering this study and the threat to children that the media wants you to believe should justify shutting the schools down. He said the study we just mentioned, we just showed, isolated this, uh, the COVID samples from every positive case, Joe. They sequenced the genome of the virus and tracked the mutation patterns. This analysis, along with contact tracing, allowed the authors to identify definitively who passed the virus to who. This was unique. This is Newman Nahas. So we're clear on this? Mm -hmm. There was no doubt with this study who gave the coronavirus to who in this Icelandic study of children. Now, again, if you believe the media, keep the schools shut down. Trump said otherwise. You must say, surely there's evidence in this study that children are giving it to everyone, right? Uh, not really. Let's check out tweet number two by Mr. Nahas. Based on this, the study, the senior author concluded, get ready for this, Joe, quote, 
Even if children do get infected, they are less likely to transmit the disease to others uh, to others than adults. We have not found. Wait, wait, wait. Before I read this sentence, authors of the study, this can't be right, Joe. We have not found a single instance of a child infecting parents. No. Come on. There's got to be a mistake. Something's wrong somewhere. Got to be a mistake, Joe. I don't think the guy knows what quotation marks means. That means that was in the study. Yeah. Quotation marks. Clearly he's making that up, except for the fact he actually links to the study. You can read it yourself. Um, Did you hear that in the media? Yeah. I'm I'm just checking. Where where, where do we, do we hear, we hear that anywhere? No, what have we heard? Florida's melting down should be sawed off within the United States and made a prison colony. We should put a 75-foot concertina wire wall around Florida. We saw it off, let the peninsula float out, play tectonics type uh, type thing. Because it's melting. It's burning to the ground. ICUs are overflowing everywhere in Florida. Shut the whole state down. And we've heard the kids, you can't send them back to school. This is a grave threat to the kids who will bring it back and give it to their parents. Yeah, but they, they actually trace the, the genetic mutations in, the, in this study with detailed contact tracing. They didn't, they didn't find any of those. Zero. No, none. Wow. Now, you may say, come on, Dan, science schmience. We don't actually do that stuff. I mean, the real Jay Solo knows better, not the fake Jay Solo. The real Jay Solo, clearly, he's, the guy's 17. He's reading Teeny Bopper Mag, reading, watch, looking at a picture of Alyssa Milano from her days in Who's the Boss or whatever. So the real Jay Solo knows better. The guy's a genius. Going to call the sheriff on us. Sheriff, come write us a citation. He's going to send him right to the house. So clearly, he knows there's got to be another study out there, Joe, showing that children are massive super spreaders, even though the Icelandic study found zero examples of that. Well, you'd be right. There are other studies. Maybe the real Jay Solo should check these out, too. Here's the third tweet in this awesome thread by Mr. Nahas saying, you know, they did another study in Ireland on the kids, too. Researchers compared infected children with infected adults. This is crazy, Joe. This is crazy because we've been told the kids it's going to be an epidemic with the kids. Quote, in the Ireland study, not the Iceland study, in this case, the real Jay Solos, but that's an R instead of a C, not the fake Jay Solo, the real Jay Solo. He says, despite identifying in this Ireland study a total of 722 contacts for the infected children. Wow, it sounds like a lot. The study found, wait, wait, what did it find? Am I, Paul, am I reading this right? Found not a single instance of an infected child passing on the virus. Hold that. That can't be. That can't be. Is the real Jay Solo reading this? Wait, wait, there's more in this tweet thread because this is this is genius. In contrast, the adults who were infected had fewer contacts, 102, and yet did pass on the infection. All right, come back to me a second and we'll go back here. So just to be clear, mm-hmm. over 700 traced contacts in Ireland, Ireland, not Iceland, or Nazi, that's the Iceland study is a different study where they found zero children who passed it on. The Ireland study studied 722 contacts. That's a large sample size. I don't know if the real Jay Solo does science, statistical analysis and stuff. Maybe the fake Jay Solo does, but that's a lot. That's a sample size. 722 contacts. They can't find a single instance of a child passing it on. 
I thought we did science. No, the left. Science. Science. Yeah, you do science. If science means imbecility, that's the science you do. Kind of weird, Joe, how the adults had one-seventh of the contacts, 102 contacts, rather than the kids who tend to play and you know run around with each other in groups. Mm-hmm. And the adults did pass it on. Mm-hmm. Which, if you believe in things like science, you know, real science, not media, science, dreaded air quotes, that should tell you that adults are the ones spreading this, not the kids. But no, let's keep them out of school. Now, surely, Ireland, Iceland, you're like, there can't possibly be another study out there that shows the same thing, right? Because the media, you know, you're not hearing this anywhere in the, in the media that wants to keep the schools shut because Trump said to open them up. By the way, one quick, before I get back to, I say to the Trump team, I, listen, I'm being a bit sarcastic, but not really. Trump should come out and say, shut the schools down forever. The media will come out tomorrow and say, open them up tomorrow. There's no <laughs> risk. Look at the science. Because they're idiots. They're really that stupid. They are. I've worked with these people in my prior line of work. They are morons. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, it's not an isolated example. There are people like the real Jay Solo everywhere in the media. Not all of them. There are some. It's very rare to find someone in the media who has an IQ in the triple digits. They have no evidence what they're saying about schools is true at all. You may say, surely there's not enough. You're watching on YouTube. You got to kind of see ahead. Let's put that tweet chain up again. You're like, Ireland, Iceland, no cases, kids transmitting the virus. That's crazy. Maybe they're not because they're young and healthy. They're not developing enough viral load and shedding enough virus to actually transmit it to others. Maybe if you believe in science, you would have read that. In the Netherlands, there's another report by the Ministry of Health based on extensive contact tracing data. Here we go, Joe. This is crazy again. Also found almost no disease spread by infected patients 20 and under at all. By the way, if you read that tweet thread, and I encourage you to go to Mr. Uh, Newman Nahas's account, there is a chart table. In the interest of time for the show, because I got so much to get to, I'm really sorry. Today's really loaded. There's a chart, you know, a bar graph for the real Jay Solo and stuff. And the bar graph has some interesting data for people 19 and under. You know, the bar graph, number of people through contact tracing, they infected. And you know what the interesting part about the bar graph, Joe, is? There's no bars for people 19 and under. Now, for the real mm-hmm. J Solo, I don't, I'm not sure you've ever read a bar graph before. The way this works is the reason there's no bars is because there are no people they've infected. Maybe the fake J Solo knew that, but not the real one. He's going to call the manager on you and definitely call the sheriff. God forbid you use like science and stuff. Sciencing. No people under 19. Folks, that would, uh, listen, I'm not an epidemiologist or an infectious disease expert. But I believe in science and common sense. And I believe in questions. And if we're finding rates of transmission amongst people 19 and younger close to zero, maybe that would tell you something, Joe, like maybe because they're young and healthy, generally speaking, their Mm -hmm. immune systems are combating this. They're not developing enough virus in their body to infect others. I'm just asking a question. 
You're not a doctor. You can't ask questions. Well, I'm not a moron either, and I will ask questions. Like, just maybe that could be the case. These whole scientific phenomenon things, they beg questions if you want to open up your ears. Maybe, you know, media people once in a while, you should take the cotton out of your ears and, like, stick it in your mouth and listen once in a while. Instead of always, you know, teeny boppers acting like they know things, they really don't. Folks, that's stunning data. Think about what I just told you. Zero cases of transmission. Let's shut the schools down. Yeah, good idea. Mm. You didn't know that, Joe, did you? I didn't know no, it before didn't. this weekend either. Mm-mm. Yeah, I didn't either. I mean, Joe, I did not know that. I read that tweet thread and I was like, this can't be based on science until I actually went to the study mm-hmm. and looked it up. And he's right. All right, let me get to my second sponsor. I got a lot more to get to today, including the stone... Media's losing their mind over the Roger Stone commutation. Losing their mind. Trigger warning. We're going to talk about Roger Stone next. Liberals, go get your s'mores and your Snuggie. I know it's going to be tough to deal with. All right, today's show also brought to you by friends at NetSuite. Hey, the last few months have taught us what's really important in life. They've taught us what we need to eliminate or change. It's the same for business. What are the changes you need to make today? Do you have this hairball of multiple software systems? You know the ones. They're all over the place and they're not streamlined. Well, why not streamline with one? Do what we do. Go with NetSuite by Oracle. It's the world's number one cloud business system. Finance, HR, inventory, e-commerce, everything you need all in one place. So you save time, money, and you save yourself the headaches. It doesn't matter if you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in sales. It doesn't matter. NetSuite is for you. It gives you the visibility and control of your whole business. You can manage every penny with the precision that matters. Join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to go faster with confidence today. NetSuite surveyed hundreds of business leaders and assembled a playbook for the top strategies they're using as America reopens for business now. Receive your free guide, seven actions businesses need to take now, and schedule your free product tour today. Don't wait. Go to netsuite.com slash Bongino. Get your free guide and schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash Bongino. Stop wasting time. Stop wasting money. Go to netsuite.com slash Bongino today. Make your business more efficient. It's important. netsuite.com slash Bongino. Thanks, NetSuite, for sponsoring the show. We appreciate it. All right. Getting back to it. So again, Joe, trigger warning here for the libs. You know, I know you all have a tough time. Roger Stone, got his sentence was commuted. Roger Stone was in... Uh, is a known Republican operative. He's been in Republican circles uh, since the Nixon days mm-hmm. as a behind-the-scenes operative. Listen, he's ner- he's known for being an edgy kind of operative who can, you know, get into some things that a couple people might be like, huh, that's Stone. But Roger Stone was um, attacked ruthlessly by the Mueller team because of one reason and one reason only. Uh, Roger Stone decided at one point to engage in the dastardly act of, you know, providing some of the Trump team people advice he thought would help them get elected. Oh, my gosh, you got to throw him in jail. Of course, you know, he lied. We'll get to that in a minute. So President Trump uh, on Friday commuted his sentence. Roger Stone put out a video subsequently of him dancing to Tone Loke's Wild Thing. That's on my social media feed, which is, I'm not kidding, which is hilarious. Roger Stone actually has some moves. He's in his 70s. And the liberals promptly lost their minds. They, you know, Joe, the, they're tyrants. Liberals want yes. people in jail, the guillotine, anyone who goes near Trump, because that's just how they are. They're all anti-free speech uh, tyrants. That's what they do. So in response, the broken, fully discredited now, uh, just a disaster right now, Bob Mueller, 
decided it'd be a good idea to write a Washington Post op-ed because it wasn't good enough that he humiliated himself and embarrassed the whole country in a two-year escapade trying to prove a collusion hoax he knew from the start was a hoax. That wasn't enough, Joe. Now he's got a pile on at the end. Remember Bob Mueller, who didn't even know who Fusion yeah. GPS was? And I said, yeah, Bob Mueller. Yeah. So uh, Bob decided to put this Washington Post op-ed out. Robert Mueller, Roger Stone remains a convicted felon, and rightly so. Seriously, folks, I'm not even sure Bob Mueller knows who Roger Stone is based on his last testimony yeah. up on Capitol Hill. I don't think he wrote this op-ed. I'm not kidding. That's not a joke. It's not like one of these Biden jokes we make when Biden loses his place in the middle of a sentence. No, this is real. I'm not kidding. I think he someone slapped his name on that. I don't mean it's some conspiracy. I mean, like he probably knew they were going to slap his name on it. I have no doubt Bob Mueller, just like his report, he knew nothing. Remember the Mueller report? They were oh, like, man. Bob, how do you feel about Fusion GPS? He was like, what? Huh? What's that? Fusion, let me ask the real Jay Solo. What Fusion GPS? Maybe he knew. he's a reporter. I don't want to get the fake Jay Solo. Let me ask the real Jay. What's Fusion GPS again? Bob, Bob, Fusion GPS, you know, the company that paid for the dossier thing you were supposed to be invested. Dossier, not my purview. Now, what was your purview, Bob? Was anything your purview? So he decided to fake write this op, and I doubt he even wrote it. Someone wrote it for him, and he slapped his name on it. Because again, he can't stay out of this case because he's just been humiliated over and over again. So the fascinating thing about Bob Mueller going after Roger Stone again in his nonsense op-ed is Bob Mueller is now a fully discredited political hack. You know, oh my gosh, just service to the country. Thank you. I mean it. That does not absolve you from making really dumb, stupid decisions, which you've made over and over, Bob. Bob Mueller engaged. Let's just remind everyone. Bob Mueller knew two things when he started this investigation into Trump. Bob Mueller knew this case was a hoax. Dan, he's a decorated public servant. We're not allowed to attack his credibility. We're not, even though we engaged in a, remember my second book on this, Exonerated, where I go through in detail how Mueller knew the entire time this thing was a hoax? Yeah, yeah. What is it, almost 200 pages of it? You can't read that book and come away with it thinking anything other than the fact that Bob Mueller was engaged in an unbelievably unethical, immoral investigation. How do we know that? Because when Bob Mueller was just a few months into his investigation, did you know they spoke to the translator at Trump Tower who was in that meeting with Don Jr.? You know, the meeting where they alleged the Russian collusion may have hatched. The translator who was in that meeting with Don Jr. and those Russians, Bob Mueller's team spoke to the translator. Oh, you, you, didn't, you didn't hear this? You didn't hear this on CNN or MSNBC? You, miss, you missed that? Because there were actual notes. But you never heard about what the translator said, did you? Well, here's what the translator, Anatoly Samachornov, actually said about the meeting between Don Jr. and the Russians. You know, the one the liberals, Bob Mueller knows this, by the way, because his team is the one who interviewed him. Check this out. Here's the notes from the meeting. This is the translator who was in the meeting with Don Jr. Quote, there was no smoking gun, according to Samachornov. There was not a discussion about dirt on Hillary. And the translator, Samachornov, did not think Hillary Clinton was mentioned by name at the meeting at all. Samachornov had not heard the Russian Veselnitskaya say anything about having dirt on Hillary. And Veselnitskaya did not offer any materials during the meeting and no papers were exchanged. Additionally, there was no follow-up to the meeting that Samachornov knows about. So just to be clear, the high and mighty Bob Mueller, how dare we criticize? How dare you? Engaged in a two-year Russian collusion investigation centered on a meeting Don Jr. had with two Russians where none of the things actually came up about Russians, Russian collusion, or Hillary. Just checking. 
because Uncle Bob knew that because his team's the one that did the interview. You didn't hear that in the media anywhere, did you? Highly ethical, Bob Mueller. Sure. What else did Bob know? Well, Bob knew that the FBI in January of 2017 met with Christopher Steele, who wrote the collusion dossier. And in that meeting, he met with Christopher Steele's primary source who allegedly gave him this information. The FBI interviewed him. Uncle Bob knew this. Surely Uncle Bob knew that the FBI in January of 2017 interviewed Steele's source and the source must have said, yeah, man, this stuff is all true. The PP tape, Trump colluding with the Russians. He knew that, right? Let's listen to Lindsey Graham, who kind of knows about that January 2017 meeting. Here's uh, an interview with the great Cheryl Atkinson. Check this out. The thing that Charlotte intrigues me the most is in January 2017, the primary subsource, a Russian, who prepared all the information to give to Christopher Steele to go in the dossier, uh, was interviewed by the FBI and the Department of Justice. There were four people in the interview, and he basically told them, according to the Horowitz report, uh, this is bar talk, it's not reliable, I never meant it to be used this way. I can't believe you're getting a warrant based on this document. Okay, so just to be clear, Op-ed writer now, op-ed writer for the Washington Post, Bob Mueller, who wants to, again, double down on his bogus investigation, started an investigation knowing all of it was false, everybody debunked it, and that every source involved, including people involved in actual meetings, had no evidence of Russian collusion at all. But let's defer to Bob for his expertise. You know, Bob, who didn't even know what Fusion GPS was. Real champ, Bob Mueller. I'll never forget seeing him in the airport at Reagan coming back from a meeting in D.C. and him dropping his head in disgrace as he walked by me. I will never forget that. In disgrace, walking by me. Stared him right. He's tall. He's a big guy. Mm. Stared him right in the face the whole way down. I peek it out of an eye just to make sure I wasn't still staring. Now, the media, of course, is still pumping this. Roger Stone, oh my gosh, we got to get this guy in jail immediately. Joe, he was the one. He was the conduit between the Russians and Trump. He was. So the media has evidence. I've heard it all over the place, including hmm. a discredited MSNBC hack, Chris Hayes, suggesting again that Stone was some kind of Russian collusion intermediary. There's evidence of that? Roger Stone, you know, whose sentence was commuted. There's evidence that Stone was an intermediary between Trump and the Russians. Where, where is where, Where's that evidence? Um, I haven't seen that. I want to hat tip Aaron Mate, who had these screenshots up in his Twitter account, who suggested that if you believe Roger Stone was an intermediary to the Russians and you have evidence, that maybe you should tell the Washington Post and New York Times. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, some of the same leftist radicals who are telling you that Roger Stone was an intermediary to this Russian collusion scheme probably read these papers that have already reported that that's not exactly true. Let's go to Washington Post piece number one here. Fascinating. Washington Post. This is from a while ago. Randy Credico, who was a friend and an ally of Roger Stone, Credico flatly rejected a claim that Roger Stone made to Congress, that Credico was a secret intermediary to WikiLeaks and Assange. It, wait, that's the Washington Post? He conceded that he promised to reach out to WikiLeaks on Stone's behalf, but testified that he never did. That can't possibly be true. We've been told Roger Stone was this big time intermediary between WikiLeaks, the Russians, he coordinated the whole thing, but he never even spoke to them, as reported in the Washington Post. Oh, just, just checking. Maybe someone should tell Chris Hayes. I'm sure he reads the Washington Post. 
So, Joe, definitely other people confirm this, that Stone was the intermediary. He's the middleman. Yeah, sure. The middleman for this. Big conspiracy. Yeah. Stone's, he's coordinating everything. Sure. WikiLeaks, did. Russians. Yeah. Roger Stone's got Putin in his back pocket. So Randy Credico, his own friend, said, nah, it's not exactly true. We were all lying about that. So secondly, definitely someone else confirmed this. Maybe Steve Bannon, right? Steve Bannon, who mm-hmm. knew these people. So let's go to the Washington Post article number two. On cross-examination by Roger Stone's lawyers, Robert Bushell, Bannon conceded that Stone never claimed to him that he had advanced access to the hacked emails. Washington Post, Washington Post, isn't that crazy? So Stone hasn't talked to Putin, uh, was not coordinating with WikiLeaks, and didn't have access to these emails. Again, I'm not defending, I don't know Rogers. I met him once at a Fort Lauderdale event. I'm simply suggesting to you that the media, again, is lying to you about what Stone did because he didn't do what they said he did as reported by some in the media themselves that were forced. You may say, why are we crediting the Washington Post? I'm not. They had to report on this because this was sworn testimony by Bannon and Credico. They couldn't lie about it. Someone raised their right hand and said, here's the whole truth. You may say, well, definitely the New York Times has evidence that Roger Stone was a big, he was the big colluder, the big colluder. He was a, the Hadron Colluder. Isn't there a collider? Out there? <laughs> He's, the, collider. <laughs> He's the Hadron Colluder. Definitely the New York Times has evidence. Oh, I'd like to see that then too, because this is what the New York Times had to report themselves. That quote, in fact, Mr. Stone, a former campaign advisor, had no real ties to WikiLeaks. Oh my gosh. Isn't this crazy? Yeah. Again, folks, If you're listening to Chris Hayes, left-wing media, and others out there, I'm really deeply sorry that you live in a world that doesn't exist. There is no evidence of that for Roger Stone. You have to like Roger. You don't have to like his his tactics. But I suggest Roger Stone should sue anyone on TV who says that, that he was a middleman between the Russians, WikiLeaks, and Trump, because it is not true. It's interesting the media is so upset about this uh, commutation as well. Remember Bill Clinton when he pardoned Susan McDougal? Remember that one? Yeah, Yeah, Susan McDougal had all the dirt on the whitewater thing. And McDougal said, I ain't saying squat and went to jail over it. Remember that pardon with Clinton? No, no, the media loved that one. They were like, Susan McDougal, so loyal. Bill Clinton, loyal to his peeps. They're all phonies, folks. Just gaff these people off. It's a total joke. Oh, and by the way, remember that guy? Who's it from Platte River Networks? The guy they spoke to? who admitted that he lied to the FBI about the whole Hillary Clinton server thing. Yeah, remember that guy? You know, the guy who got prosecuted is doing 10 to 20 in jail. Oh, just kidding. He wasn't prosecuted at all. He's doing no time in jail. Yeah, that guy. So again, the media, Joe, is very concerned about Roger Stone lying. Very concerned. Mm. Until someone who lies benefits Hillary Clinton and they're like, shh. Don't ever forget this. You may say, Dan, well, Stone, you know, he didn't tell the truth in front of this hearing. Ladies and gentlemen, the unapplication, uh, the uneven application of justice is no justice at all. Don't ever forget that. The uneven application of justice is no justice at all. And we are to fight against that at all times and all places everywhere. Good for Trump for commuting this sentence. I applaud him. All right, let me get to my last sponsor. I'm gonna try to get through. I get so much more. I'm like, I'm really angry. I can't get through all of this today because I got Thomas Sowell stuff, which is awesome, AOC stuff, and the awesome CEO of Goya, who I'm I now love. I just went and bought some Goya stuff. Sazon. Yes. Buy three. Don't just buy one. I already have enough adobo. I bought I'm really we're adobo. I have enough adobo to like salt meat 
from now to the end of time. If I had beef jerky, I could salt with adobo seven, 800 pounds of it, and I'd still have some left over. All right, our final sponsor of the day, but a great one because it's our family's new favorite go-to is Magic Spoon. Growing up, cereal is one of the best parts of being a kid. Come on, you know it. But I had to give it up because I'm a health nut. I realize a lot of the cereals out there are sugar and junk. Just look on the back and you really shouldn't eat them. Now we have Magic Spoon. I'm just warning you folks before you try this. The minute you eat the first bowl, you're going to be hooked. The stuff is amazing. Magic Spoon has zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. It tastes, I mean, it doesn't taste amazing. It tastes phenomenal. It really does. My uh, oldest daughter absolutely loves it. The only downside is we can't order enough because she eats them right away and it makes my youngest daughter angry. It tastes amazing and it's too good to be true. You're going to think it, but it's not. It has four flavors. Cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blue. Blueberry is Isabel's favorite, right? Blueberry. She loves the blueberry. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carbon, GMO-free, and it's awesome. It's awesome. On the awesome scale, it's a 10. Go to magicspoon.com slash Bongino. Grab a variety pack and try it today. See which flavor is your favorite. Use our promo code Bongino and you'll get free shipping. Magic Spoon's so confident in their product, it's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. You ain't sending it back. It's that good. Go to magicspoon.com slash Bongino. Use promo code Bongino for free shipping. Thanks, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring the podcast. Again, it's magicspoon.com slash Bongino. Go today. Stuff's the real deal. All right. Going to start going a little longer on the show these days, folks. We've got an election coming up. I got a lot of material. A lot of people email me. Their commutes are over an hour. They get upset that if it's an hour show and their commute's an hour and 15 minutes, that they got to listen to radio for 15 minutes after that. They're like, you got to give us some more stuff. I'm here for you. Don't you worry. So the great Mark Levin, he's called the great one for a reason. There is no other great one. Human beings, of course. We love Mark Levin. He had the fantabulous, incredible, one of the smartest human beings I have ever uh, read or come across or read his material, Thomas Sowell on Life, Liberty, and Vin. Did you see it? If you did not see it last night, Sunday, you made a huge mistake because Thomas Sowell is incredible and Mark Levin is a genius. And it was one of the great interviews I've seen in a long time. So Mark had Thomas Sowell on. And you know my favorite book of all time, right? The Vision, Vision of the Anointed by Thomas Sowell changed my life. That is my favorite book of all time. I love it. Buy a copy, buy a thousand copies and give them out to everyone you know. Maybe someone will read it. It'll change their life too. So Thomas Sowell, economist, philosopher, and just all around great human being was on last night. He was asked by Mark, about the term systemic racism, which is a meaningless term. It doesn't actually mean anything because when you ask people to define it and what system, systemic racism, meaning there's a system that they, they'll never tell you what the system is because whenever they use the term systemic racism, they're oddly always talking about liberal cities where the system's liberal. So they avoid answering the question. So Mark asked Thomas Sowell about systemic racism and here was his answer, which is just great. You hear this phrase, systemic racism, systemic oppression. You hear it uh, on our college campuses. You hear it from very wealthy and fabulously famous sports stars. You hear it from media types. You hear it. First of all, what does that mean? And whatever it means, is it true? It really has no meaning that can be specified and tested in the way that one tests hypotheses. Uh, it does remind me of the propaganda uh, tactics of Joseph Goebbels during the age of the Nazis, uh, in which he's supposed to have said that people will believe any lie if it's repeated long enough and loud enough. 
And that's what we're getting. I, I don't think it's one of many words that I don't think even the people who use it have any clear idea of what they're saying. Uh, their, their purpose is served by having other people cave in. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is a genius. I am not kidding. I am not uh, awestruck or I don't fanboy anyone. I don't. I just don't care. <laughs> I got to tell you, the only time I think I'd be at a loss for words is if I ran into Thomas Sowell. I thought I saw him one time at an airport. I thought he was too, I, I'm not sure if it was him or not. He was far away. And the only thing that stopped me from going and grabbing who I thought was Thomas, so he was too far away for me to make out any kind of positive ID. The only thing that stopped me was I was running for office and the media person I was with was like, we got to go. This is one of the great legends of our time. He deserves the Presidential Medal of Freedom for the genius that he is. His book, again, Vision of the Anointed, is a life-changing book about the failure of far-left radical ideology. My admiration for him is deep. The man is 90 years old. And congratulations to Mark Levin for scoring that interview. If you haven't watched the show, uh, I don't, I, at this point, I don't know. If you didn't DVR it, you got a DVR Mark show, Life, Liberty, and Levin. It's important. But I'm sure you can go to your Comcast app or whatever it is and watch it. Or just, you need to watch it. It was a really fantastic show. Soul has a new book out too about charter schools. Show you how great Thomas Soul is. I've been watching his videos for years. They've changed my life. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, that's not hyperbolic. I changed my life, meaning I would be a different person now without the commentary and writings and thoughts of the legendary Thomas Sowell. Here's one of my favorites, a little over a minute. This is from decades ago. But this is Thomas Sowell in his younger days on a debating show with a far-left radical woman named Helen O'Banion, who was a Pennsylvania bureaucrat in charge of welfare programs. And the reason this is important, this segment, is because Thomas Sowell is great at debunking fallacies, false arguments used to advance fake stories. He addresses two of them here, and I'll play the clip for you in a minute. I encourage you to listen to every word of this because it's a genius. He, I don't, I've never seen this man lose a debate soul ever. The left always loves to start the story in the middle. That'll make sense after you see this clip. You'll see what I mean. But secondly, they always engage in the broken leg fallacy. The broken leg fallacy, meaning a broken leg, they treat it with the same thing that broke the leg. In other words, they try to bring in government remedies for problems the government caused themselves and then ignore the fact that the government caused it. So keep those two things in mind, how the left always starts the story in the middle and how they propose government solutions for problems the government caused and they expect you to thank them for it. Watch Soul just totally dismantle this woman in this classic, epic clip. Cut off welfare tomorrow. What will they do? What will be their immediate response? At what price to their small children and to their uh, middle-aged children. Uh, yes, they'll get a job. In fact, the statistics show that women, in fact, are the most successful through the employment program. But what has to supplement that typically is the provision of some kind of daycare arrangement. Either the individual woman has to earn enough money to be able to pay privately for her daycare, or in fact she is, quote, subsidized through this insidious uh, corrupting program, set of programs run by the federal government, which in fact makes her employable and a taxpayer. Uh, it's a, it's, 
an interesting uh, notion of trying to get people in a productive mode. Tom Sold. It's incredible the, the, the way you start the story in the middle, uh, as if there's a predestined amount of poverty, a predestined amount of unemployment, and that the welfare system is not itself in any way responsible there for that. There is a predestined 20% of the bottom half of the population. I, I have never, well, oh, no, that's no. always been true. There's I, going I, to be 20% at the bottom. With you, with you. <laughs> it's also true that 20% of the bottom population doesn't have to be living on the government and ruled by the government. You mentioned, for example, a female-headed household. Many of those, in addition to the, the grown woman who has all the, all the kids, are teenage pregnancies. Uh, there's not a predestined amount of teenage pregnancy. I grew up in an era when people, and particularly blacks, were a lot poorer than today, faced a lot more discrimination than today, and in which the teenage pregnancy rate was a lot lower than today. I don't believe there is a predestined amount of teenage pregnancy, a predestined amount of husband desertion. Uh, Gutman uh, has done a study of the black family showing that this whole notion that this is, the black family has always been disintegrating, that that is nonsense, that his, his studies go up to 1925, the great bulk of black families were intact, two-parent families up through 1925, and going all the way back through the era of slavery. So it is now only within our own time that we suddenly see this inevitable tragedy which the welfare system says it's going to rush into solve, but which it is itself a part. The man is a genius. I'm... I'm I really, I, I mean, I'm in awe of his genius. Now, that was a complicated clip, but it's worth your time to just dig through a bit what he's saying there. The woman, Helen O'Banion, who I, I, I don't know, I've never met, I don't know if she's still around, if, if not, God rest her soul. I, you know, she's trying to make the argument that, well, if we were to take mothers off welfare, what are we going to do with them? And Sol comes back and he says, well, that's fascinating that you've started that kind of book in the middle. We're never asking, well, how did they get on welfare in the first place? And then her argument is re in return is, well, there's always going to be people on welfare. There's a bottom 20%. And Sol's like, huh? What are you suggesting? You're suggesting somehow that people are predestined to be poor and stupid or something? What are you suggesting? What are you suggesting? I mean, isn't it? Souls, in other words, getting to the heart of it, isn't that kind of racist and classist that somehow there's a predestined lower 20% that just cannot escape their own what? In mental incapacities and inability to work. None of that's true. None of that's true. None of that is true. There is a bottom 20%. Some on welfare precisely because of incentives set up by a government system that has caused this chaos. And he challenged her and says, you're totally removing any responsibility of the welfare system as it's set up in and of itself, declaring there's always going to be a bottom 20, which he laughs at, by the way, because ladies and gentlemen, if you understand simple, now you, know, you need to understand math. If you just understand common sense. Joe, of course there's always going to be a bottom 20%. Oh, yes, Soul's point is. is, if the bottom 20% are doing really well, then they're not necessarily poor. In other words, if everybody was making a trillion dollars and the bottom 20% are making a million in real money, no one's crying for the bottom 20%. She's suggesting that there's people destined to be poor, ignorant, who are in this fixed bottom 20% and the government's going to come in and save the day. Government's causing that. These people aren't predestined for anything. The people in that bottom 20%, many are there because the government has destroyed their lives. They have set up a set of incentives that many of these people could not escape. 
The government has failed them. Stop starting the story in the middle. Let's get to the root of the problem first. And she says that, that this bottom 20% is almost inevitable, what she's hinting at, to make you believe that the government had no role in it. That's why she's doing that. And Seoul immediately catches it. That's not true. Of course, by simple math, you're always going to have a bottom 20%. That doesn't, have to mean, that doesn't mean they have to be poor. The bottom 20%, you want just a simple example? The bottom 20% in Indonesia makes far less money than the bottom 20% in the United States, right? But there's a bottom 20%. Yeah, but relative condition matters. How did the bottom 20% in India make as much as they make versus the bottom 20% here? Something's different. Governing systems are different. They do this all the time, the left. Don't let them get away with it. Seoul's just a genius with that. All right. I wanted to get to this because I teased it on my parlor account where I do the show feeds in the morning. I'm sorry if you're hearing that in the back. Super, my, this landscape guy's making me crazy in the background. So forgive me if that's bleeding through. Are you hearing any of that, Joe? Yeah, like I, making just, me a little uh, I just pulled my cans off to see yeah. if it was outside my place. So Yeah, I hear it. No, yeah. no, no, it's not. All right. Sorry about that, folks. But still, it's, I got to, you know, I, the show goes on no matter what. So my new hero is the CEO of Goya. I love this guy, Bob Unanu. And for, again, if I'm saying your name wrong, forgive me. I say my own name wrong a lot. But here's a piece up in Legal Insurrection. Be up at the show notes today. Check this out. It's so worth your time. This CEO of Goya is not backing down one bit. So again, he made the dreaded mistake with air quotes here, the dreaded mistake of going to the White House and saying, hey, President Trump's a builder. Uh, we like this guy. You know, God forbid. Meanwhile, the same guy. God forbid you say that at the White House with Trump. Of course, you have to be boycotted immediately. But the CEO of Goy has been at meetings with Michelle Obama, Barack Obama as well. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what businesses do. You're invited to the White House, you go. It's not a mystery, okay? So he went and praised President Trump and the boycott brigade began. Here's the article up at Legal Insurrection, folks. Just, uh, again, incredible. These people never give up. Folks, it's time to get up and, and dance again. Listen, I, I hope he holds strong. It sounds like he's going to, the CEO of Goya, Mr. Bob. Call him Mr. Bob because I don't like mispronounce his last name, and I'm sure I'm doing it, despite how many times I've looked it up because I've heard it three, four different ways. But it's time to get up and dance and do something again. You remember my get up and dance show I did? Mm -hmm. I don't talk about dance like you got to show your moves like Roger Stone. I talk about that video I've, I've spoken about many times in the show that was shown to me by a conservative activist once. It's a guy at a festival. He's dan dancing to music. And it's kind of an interesting dance. And people are laughing at him at first. They think it's funny. Then all of a sudden, the first guy gets up and starts dancing with him. And about two and a half minutes later, the entire park is dancing with the guy they were laughing at in the beginning. Well, I'm sure a lot of liberals are laughing at Mr. Bob, the CEO of Goya right now, mocking Could this guy, praising President Trump, God forbid. Folks, we need some other CEOs to stand up and stand with him. Remember, it's not the person who gets up and dance. It's the first person to join him that matters. We need to back this guy up. You need to dance with him. Picked up some Sazon here. You're see my, in case you think I'm messing with you. Bought some Goya olive oil too this weekend. That one didn't get delivered. I don't know why. Maybe the bottle broke. But we got some Sazon coming. Be like, why do you have it three times? Because I bought three of them. Um, probably won't use three of them any time soon, maybe one or two, but maybe I'll give one away. If I see it in an event, maybe I'll bring some Sasson Goya. 
ladies and gentlemen, go out, buy some Goya products. You got to stand up and dance. Money matters. I'm sorry. I wish it didn't. I wish we lived in a nice, cutesy world where, you know, everybody did the right thing and we could all live in, uh, you know, literally takes a village kind of, place. that's not the way the world works. We have to go out and do the right thing. We got to back this guy up. Go pick up some products. Go do it today. They're not a sponsor. I have no financial interest um, in Goya. I don't, I don't even know if it's a publicly traded. I didn't even look it up. But this guy deserves our support. All he said was that he thought the president was a builder, was doing a good job. I'm not even sure what his, it doesn't even matter. It's probably milk toast. And he's being attacked by the cancel culture lunatics on the left. And it's a disgrace. All right, what should I do? The McCloskeys. Can we do the AOC thing, Paula? Can we skip ahead? I'll do the McCloskeys tomorrow. This is important. All right, final story of the day. <laughs> this, we're bookending the show, Joe, <laughs> with ignoramuses. You know, we had yes. the real Jay Solo. Not the fake Jay Solo. The real Jay Solo first, you know. Wants to speak to the manager and the sheriff about people who dare to be out in public unmasked. Dare. Dare. The real Jay Solo was deeply offended. So on the other end, we have AOC. Uh, <laughs> Good job. Yeah, I know you've already seen this. Don't Good laugh because you've already seen it. Joe yeah. gets to cheat on video stuff. Sorry, Paula dude. gets to cheat on the visuals because she does. Joe does the audio video and then Drew sees it, but the show's already over. So AOC, who's always a source of comic relief, it's a stunning people take uh, this representative seriously. I mean, I'm not kidding. It really is. I, I can't recall any kind of major statement she's made that has not come with hilarity afterwards because she's so, remember when she was puzzled by agriculture? Yeah. Remember Joe? Yeah. What was that thing? Remember? Look, plants. Remember that? Yeah. We were like, she was like, and they grow like in the dirt. This is AOC. Now, a lot of you email me after I do AOC segments and you say things like, why don't you ignore her, Dan? Uh, no. A woman's ideas are very dangerous. Ideas she claims to believe in have led to the downfall of civilized society since the beginning of time. These ideas have to be called out and challenged. You ignore them at your peril. And by the way, Paula very rarely gets angry at politicians. She seems to have taken a personal dislike in AOC lately. I just want am I is that am I correct in that analysis? She's giving me a head nod. She very rarely comments on the videos I send her. So here's AOC this weekend who face plants again. And in a uh, Zoom town hall session, uh, as if she's trying to say the dumbest things possible, she succeeded this weekend. She's suggesting that Joe ignore the 600% increase in shootings in New York City year over year and the 27% increase in murders. Because don't worry, Joe, mm -hmm. it's just people who are hungry trying to feed their kids. Huh? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. No, I'm like, play the cut. So why is this uptick in crime happening? Well, let's think about it. Do we think this has to do with the fact that there's record unemployment in the United States right now? The fact that people are at a level of economic desperation that we have not seen since the Great Recession? Maybe this has to do with the fact that people aren't paying their rent and are scared to pay their rent. And so they go out and they need to feed their child and they don't have money. So you maybe have to, they're put in a position where they feel like they either need to shoplift some bread or go hungry that night. So as Paula brought up, which was a brilliant point, I have to hat tip her on this footnote. She's getting a lot of mentions in the show today, a lot. She's on a roll. 
So she's suggesting what, that poor people steal stuff? Again, Joe, just kind of like Helen O'Banion with the suggestion that there's yeah. a bottom 20% of people who are really dumb and can do nothing to change their condition. You know, liberals, they always do this stuff. She's suggesting if you don't make a lot of money, you're struggling, that you're going to go steal stuff from people? I'm, I'm, I'm asking, AOC, you feel free to respond. What were you saying there? Can't pay their rent, so they're out there shoplifting. But secondly, you know, Joe, again, science and data, it's always tough for liberals, I guess, especially mm-hmm. AOC, who can process barely any information at all. God forbid, like complex information, like looking at the science. So that should be a challengeable hypothesis, correct, Joe? Yeah. If the economy, AOC's hypothesis, and I'm trying to formulate the stupid into coherent thought for her. So the economy gets bad, shoplifting goes up, and that's what the crime wave is all about. So we should be able to look at that, correct, Joe? Like mm-hmm. shoplifting, pettit, that's called pettit larceny. I'm not sure she knows that, but that's the charge is grand larceny, pettit larceny. I've arrested quite a few people in the NYPD for stealing things. We should be able to empirically look at that, right? Well, I did. And it turns out that Pettit Larceny's New York are down 7.5%. What? Yeah. So murders and shootings are up. So just to test the hypothesis, you're walking in the store and you're murdering the guy, but you're not stealing the bread. I'm just checking. Like, what am I missing? I'm just asking. Shootings are up 600%. Murders, 27%. But Pettit Larceny's are down. But she just told us they're shoplifting bread. Now, you may say that can't possibly uh, be true. Um, It is. So let's go to the New York Post, which has a great article about this. You can read at the show notes today. Again, Bongino.com slash newsletter for the show notes. AOC blames economy for New York City crime wave, not the NYPD cuts. So we go down in the New York Post piece and we see this little gem about AOC's genius assertion that they're stealing bread. And that's the cause of people murdering people. Uh, U.S. Rep. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on Sunday bizarrely claimed that hungry New... I'm not laughing. This is just so stupid. I can't believe this. That hungry New Yorkers are stealing stealing bread. We're behind an uptick in crime in the city, despite the fact that overall crime is down while shootings and murders have soared. Oh, my gosh. People follow this, this, this uh, the representative uh, Ocasio-Cortez. People follow her. They believe her. She spouts nonsense 24 hours a day and lemming-like followers walk right off the intellectual cliff with her. Shootings up 600%. She thinks it's because people are stealing bread despite pettit larcenies being down. Again, I'm just asking. They're shooting the guy in the store but not stealing the bread? Or they're shooting the guy, stealing the bread and hiding the fact that they stole But what are they? They're hiding the bread? like they, Not the gun. They're hiding the bread? So the cops get the guy for the gun, but the bread's hidden? Like, don't let him see the bread like flushing it down the toilet, like the wife and Goodfellas when they do the raid on the flushing, flush the bread. What about the gun? Don't worry about the gun. Flush the bread. Can't let them find the bread. We don't want pettit larcenies to go up. I mean, what planet does this woman live on? Representative Alexandria, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. What? What? I'm not mispronouncing her name. It was a mistake. I don't remember mispronouncing her name. I've, uh, listen, I've always said, congratulations, you won a seat in Congress. It's very hard to do. I did not. Having said that, it's your responsibility, Representative Ocasio-Cortez, to actually know stuff of which you don't. All right, I'll get to the McCloskeys tomorrow. 
I also got a pretty cool story at the show notes. Maybe I'll talk about it tomorrow, but read it anyway about Trump doing more airport rallies. Good idea. Open air hangars. If I go out, maybe I'll go into it tomorrow. How we do advances for those for the Secret Service. Pretty cool story. Secret Service and how to do it. Pretty cool. So I'll we'll check that out. Thanks again for making us top 20 on PodTrack. I opened that email this morning because I follow the industry and I was just kind of floored. 17th most listened to podcast in the country. That is thanks to you. All thanks to you. 100%. My sincere, heartfelt gratitude. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you find your podcasts. YouTube, youtube.com slash Bongino. You just heard Dan Bongino. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen. <laughs>